This is the Seven Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. We are interviewing highly successful digital marketing agencies from across the country on how they're growing their agency, how they're serving their clients, how they're retaining their clients at the highest level possible, how they're building their team to deliver world-class results. And I'm super excited Today, I'm, I'm being joined by Shane Simmons from Crimson Media. Um, he's built a highly successful seven-figure agency serving the dental niche. I'm really excited for you to hear his story and kind of unpack what's working best for him. So, Shane, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Josh. We were just talking before this, and I said a few years back, I read your book when I was first introduced to you. This seemed like such a, a far out there kind of thing that would happen. And, you know, hard work pays off. The right guidance pays off. And here we are. Man, congratulations. I know it's been a it's been a journey for you. You guys are doing amazing work uh, in the dental niche, but kind of tell us a little bit about where the agency sits today. How many clients, how much recurring revenue? What's the kind of the lay of the land? Yeah, so we are uh, right around 90,000 and uh, recurring revenue right now, monthly recurring revenue, uh, sitting at about uh, 80 clients. And uh, yeah, it's it's been you know, a great, you know, kind of journey. And, and what it's honestly allowed us to do now is we have such like concrete proof of concept now that we're actually, you know, going to be able to, to raise our prices here into the new year and really, you know, even increase that and, and maybe work in the, in the long scheme of things. We'll talk a little bit about this with maybe less clients and, you know, the grand scheme of things, but charge a higher price point so we can still provide that real boutique experience while being, you know, profitable and, and being able to, to continue to you know get our team uh, the you know the salaries that that they want to achieve and the personal goals that they want to achieve while maintaining that level of high quality. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. So good, man! Congratulations. And in one of my, in my opinion, one of the toughest niches, right? Because a lot of people are serving the dental space. It seems like they've got a lot of money, but it's I can promise you, it's not as easy as it sounds from the outside. Hard to get their attention. Hard to you know keep them engaged. Hard for them to convert the leads that you generate. So you're doing a lot of things right. Um, tell us a little bit about your like in in Cliff Notes version. How did you get started in the agency space in the beginning, and and what kind of what led you to running an agency? Yeah, I love sharing the story. We share it with our clients on sales calls uh, or prospects. But I was you know working a nine to five you know, marketing job, and I had a friend who had purchased a dental practice uh, from a guy who you know, didn't have a website, no marketing, you know, and, and this was a, a younger guy who'd purchased the practice, my friend. And he said, Hey, Shane, you know, I know you've got some marketing background. Would, would you mind helping me out here? We, we want to do things, you know, a little bit differently, use some video photos and, and, and go about that. And that was around 2015. And so I said, sure. And we came in and really made more of what we call relationship-based type marketing uh, content where it was kind of getting to know the practice owner, getting to know what that patient experience was going to be like. And the practice just started to take off. And so he referred me to a buddy that he worked with at a corporate office who was opening his own practice. We did the same thing. Then he referred me. And before we knew it, we had about six clients on a monthly retainer. And I was making about four times what I was making at my nine to five job, doing it just in the evenings. And I said, you know, I think there's something here. I think there's a real opportunity. And and that's how we got started. So it was just me as kind of freelancer, you know, giving it a whirl, quit my job doing that after about a year and, uh, you know, build a team and, and the rest is kind of history. Love it. I love that, that you kind of cut your teeth 
in the actual industry and you proved your value and it kind of just snowballed from there. So it's been for you dentistry from the beginning, like you have that first client referral and that's been, that's been your focus. Yeah. And that was one of the things I want to hammer home is, you know, I see a lot of agency owners struggling because they try one niche and then they see, well, this niche isn't good. Let me try this niche over here. Listen, I picked arguably one of the hardest niches right out the gate, but I stuck with it. it I just, I just stuck with it. I got better and better at it. I, you know, built relationships over time and it sucked at first. Like, I'm not going to lie. I thought about giving up and switching niches and all of these things, but when you stick to one niche and it's the grass isn't always greener on the other side, get in that niche, feel somewhat passionate about it, have interest in that niche, but then really just go all in and don't be niche jumping because it will set you back. And I don't know where I'd be today, you know, if I would have given up on one of those times that I thought about giving up. I think it's a powerful insight, regardless of where you're at in your agency listening right now. Um, the niche that you've got some wins in, the niche that you've got some background in is going to be your fastest path typically to growth. So re like, resist the temptation to say, oh, you know what? This niche is hard. There's so many easier niches out there. I can promise you every niche has got co competition. Every niche has its challenges. Um, find the, the path where you've already got some experience. You've already got some wins. And time compounds, right? Your your knowledge in the industry, your knowledge of the vocabulary, your you know connections, your 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 kind of name recognition in that space compounds over time. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really important share, really great insight. So it was all referral. That was kind of the the snowball for the first handful of clients within the space. Um, you did something interesting. I think it's if I heard you right. You had a full-time job, you got a client, you got a couple of clients. So it sounds like this was completely revenue funded from day one. Like you never really had a, a situation where you were bootstrapped. You know, you were able to quit that job and step right into a cash flowing, growing business. Yeah. You know, I was married at the time, um, you know, to my you know wife uh, still to this day, but we didn't have kids at the time. But um, one of the things that we really talked about and she was super supportive of me throughout this whole process. And I remember we were sending out handwritten letters prospecting to people and she was on at the dinner table with me, at, you know, till midnight writing these handwritten letters to prospects. But she was very supportive. But her one kind of condition, which I agreed with, was once you replace the income that you're making at your nine to five job then that's when you can go at this thing full time. And, and it was better on me too, mentally, because it didn't put that stress that I don't really like to operate under, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to pay the bills next month kind of stress, you know? So that that was really, I think, helpful for me and my journey. And it really allowed me kind of that freedom to try some new things and take some risk with some of those clients because I knew, you know, listen, if it didn't work out and, you know, the client fired me, I at least had this income, you know, at my job where I could still work that and then, you know, try something, you know, different in the future. So I think that that was helpful for me personally and kind of my journey. Yeah, I did the same. I did the same as well. I think it's if, if you can pull it off, it's a really powerful way to get the cash flow and not have the same financial risk and the same financial burden. Um, so we talked about how you chose the niche uh, and kind of how you got the first couple of clients. It was all referral based. As you think about it today, now you got 90 clients, I think you said sort of something like 90,000 a month of recurring revenue. Um, where are the clients coming from right now? It's not easy to sell into the dental space. Uh, just talk to us about what strategies are working best right now. 
the best strategy for us has been the referral systems that we've created. We actually, to our own you know, fault here, but it was also because we we started to grow really fast and we've kind of had to, you know, hit the brakes a little bit on it because we want to be able to maintain that kind of boutique level service. But we weren't doing any external marketing at all um, to get that growth. I mean, from really going from 30,000 a month to where we are now over the last couple of years. So the, the key for us, Josh, has been, um, you know, providing a really personalized service, which as many people in the seven figure agency you know, community know, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, crummy marketing companies out there in the world that don't take care of their clients or only worried about the money. And what the seven figure agency community has created are agencies who I believe truly care about their clients and build a, a good referral system. So that was key for us. And so what it's allowed us to do is we now have uh, multiple different consulting companies who help dental practices either, you know, open their, their startup offices or come in and coach and systemize the practice who over the years we've developed relationships with and worked with mutual clients. So now they refer us all of our, all of our prospects and our existing clients as well, refer us prospects. And then we do sponsor like a Facebook group um, that is made up of people in our niche. We've sponsored that and we're allowed to put our podcast in there and, and kind of promote ourselves, but we haven't paid a, you know a single dollar in ads to grow this. Um, we haven't, you know, do it, been doing the webinars, which is on our list of things to start doing because we really, really do want to do that just to build that authority in the space. But it, it's been 100% referral focused. And so what my advice would be for the community and listening to this is go to those trade shows and not only go there just to have a booth. Yes, you want to have a booth, but meet people, meet other people in the space, accountants in the space, financial advisors in the space, whatever it is, start building that relationship, have a phone call with them, get them on your podcast, stroke their ego, get to learn more about them. And what's going to happen is they're going to start referring you. And when they start referring you, those are the warmest leads because we don't actually feel like we have to pitch anybody or sell anybody. They come to us. We just tell them our process. This is how we do it. And, you know, we have a really good close rate because those prospects are so warm. So good. So it sounds like, you know, providing a world-class service, um, connecting with the influencers in the industry and getting referrals, which lead to like not having to chase clients down, but having them come to you pre-positioned to buy. How much of that is referrals from your existing client base versus referrals from like the coaches and consultants in the industry, like you mentioned? Yeah. Um, so right now I'd say about 10%. So if, if we looked at our, our lead volume and we recently, again, slowed this down, but let's say if we're looking back at like August at kind of our peak, you know, we were getting right around 25 new leads per month um, just through referral sources. I would say about 10% of those um, are from our existing clients. So that's something we're going to work on over the next year to really kind of continue to build that number up. But the 90% the of that was consultants coming to us and saying, hey, we got a, a new office, you know, we're working with or we got an office opening up here in a few months. You know, here's their information. They made a mutual introduction to us and that client hopped on the call. And, you know, we, we pretty much close about 50% of those. Um, the only wow. ones, the other 50% we don't close are just they may not be a good fit for what we do. And that's something we've gotten really focused with. And I want to give a shout out real quick on here to Lynn. Um, we, we hired Lynn to implement EOS into our business. We got very clear on who our core target market is. So we may turn a few more away in the future if they don't match that. 
but thankfully many of the consultants we work with have the same core target market that we do and so that's why our close rate's been so high love it so when you say referrals you're really talking about referrals and joint ventures right finding those coaches those consultants those influencers that have relationships with the clients that you want to do business with and rather than you cold calling or cold emailing you're getting a warm introduction from somebody already doing business with them um, and so those those deals are very low resistance and very high retention really on the back end they, they came in with the transference of trust um, can you share and, and if you can't that's okay um, are these just mutual mutual benefits like hey look I'm gonna pass business to you you're gonna pass business to me or is it like just they want to refer you because they know you've done good work in the past is there some type of rev share like what's the what's the arrangement if you can kind of talk a little bit about that yeah no i'm happy to so um we don't pay for any of those referrals um so we don't have to you know give a referral credit or anything the only referral credits we give is to our existing clients who refer new people to us and when they sign up we do uh credit them uh, i think it's like 300 their next month on our um billing but these are primarily consultants who we refer business to them because we are at this point pretty well known like in the facebook communities and things like that just because again when you're in a niche for several years that naturally starts to happen and so anytime someone comments and says you know hey i'm looking for a consultant to, to help us you know drop some of these you know insurance plans so we can be more profitable like I've got a list of like three or four people who I know are great at that. And I'll just tag them in the post and be like, Hey, you need to talk to so boom, 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 you know, and, and talk to all of those. So they appreciate that from us and we don't get any kickback from them, but in turn that reciprocity, they do the same thing where they see, you know, Hey, we need a marketing agency to help us grow this practice. Hey, they contact Shane and Crimson Media Group. We work with mutual clients. They're great. So that's been the biggest thing there. And, and really, Josh, I would say one of the th big takeaways that I took from the seven figure agency was the podcasting, because I just love to do that in general, because it's a learning experience for me. I get to bring people on the show who are crushing it in the dental industry and I get to learn from them. But by doing that, they really appreciate it. And so after those call or interviews, when we're off air, you know, I just ask them like, Hey, you know, if you have any clients who are, you know, at this stage in their business, they're looking for a marketing partner, you know, we would love the opportunity to, to speak with them if, if you think that we would be a good fit. And that's where we've really built a lot of that trust in those relationships. So in summary, we don't get any kickback um, on any of those. We don't pay them anything for those. We just refer, you know, those consultants, anybody we see looking for it, including some of our existing clients, and they, they do the same. I love it. Super, super actionable insights here. Uh, I really believe you're only one joint venture away from a seven figure agency. Uh, sounds like a chain's case, a handful of, of joint ventures. Well, that is true with one particular referral source is bigger than the other. And I can say without a doubt that we would not be where we are today this quickly without that one. And, and you nailed it, Josh. I mean, you're one away and we just so happened to get that one about a year and a half ago. And if you look at our sales, I mean, it just spiked at that point. Love it. And, and the practical insight here is like, yes, knowing mentally, I want to try and get, you know, influencers and coaches and consultants that are selling to our clients. It sounds like for you, the way you broke in, in Facebook groups that these, these guys hang out in, just adding value, just answering questions, just making introductions, being at the trade shows and events, um, and not just having a booth and trying to sell the dentists, but while you're there, being an active participant, seeing the other exhibitors and checking in with them and spending time with them, which most of us, 
Most agency owners, if we go to an event, we're just focused on the prospect. We don't even take a minute to talk with the other exhibitors, to connect with the speakers, to be a participant. And it sounds like in your case, that's the lion's share of where the opportunity has lied. 100%. I mean, those, those events, we may get one to two clients for most of them. Like they don't look that impressive on the front end, but the relationships that we build gives us 50 plus prospects a year from those events, from those conferences. So while everybody, like you said, is focused in on kind of that red ocean of just selling the prospect in front of me, you need to be looking at the surroundings around you and say, how could this, how could we partner with this software company or how could we sponsor, you know, support this consultant here and build that mutual partnership. So having more of that long-term outlook is critical in my opinion, because it's going to make it less chaotic and competitive for you trying to cold call and all the things we talked about earlier. Super powerful insight. If you're listening, I hope that landed, right? We want to be at these events. Yes, you'll get some clients, but you also want to build those relationships with the people that already have a lot of the clients you want to do business with. Um, and it sounds like the other play that's worked for you, know, like crafting these relationships for you is running a podcast um, and putting out good content, but then also getting those experts, getting those consultants and featuring them on the podcast and answering, you know, asking them questions and kind of putting them out in your, in your feed. Now you're, you're connected with them. You've created goodwill with them and it opens doors that probably you couldn't have just called that consultant up and said, Hey, do you have any clients you want to refer me? Um, you know, the, the, the podcast was kind of the, the, the angle to get their attention and their, you know, kind of their, their buy-in. Yeah. And, and many of these people, I mean, I consider them friends. Like they're not even just business associates, like, you know, around the holidays, I'll send them, you know, Christmas gift baskets and I'll, you know, ask them, Hey, how are your kids doing? Like we've developed really close relationships with these people. And I, I'll tell you, I, and I hope they see up, you know, me as a friend as well, but that has been just so important because it makes your job so much more fun when you're not having to feel like you're chasing people around and you feel like you, your friends are just kind of referring you people as long as you're taking care of those people nurturing those relationships um, it's an absolute game changer i mean it, it really is so that that's my biggest suggestion is you know find those people who you can connect with who you think have common interests and you'll end up befriending them and, and relationships are are everything in this business in my opinion so good lots of great insights there and what's actually working for you and how you grew the the the, the agency serving this particular niche can you talk a little bit about what your program looks like? So when you get a dentist, like what are, what, what's the mix of services look like and what are we charging for that today? Yeah. And again, shout out to, to this program because before we joined seven figure agency in 2020, uh, we were a la carte and our churn was so much higher at that time because when you're only doing SEO or you're only doing Facebook ads, you can't control the whole picture and it impacts your performance and your campaign. So when we when we got into the seven figure agency program, we learned about the packaging of those services. We implemented that right away. So our program um, is you know website development and creation. Um, also, it's a requirement, and this is one thing that makes us a little bit unique in the industry. It's an absolute requirement if we're going to work with the practice, we have to do a full day content session at the practice, both photos and professional videos, because we build our sites 
with those custom videos and custom photos because that's a big part of the patient experience and the marketing strategy that we use. And what that allows us to do is, again, control it a bit more because we know that the website is going to be able to convert. Our ads are going to be able to have creative, unique content. But at the same time, it, we know that these are clients that are bought in for the long term as well because if they're going to invest in something like that, they're not going to expect this to turn around in 30, 60 days and get 10x ROI. Like we always tell our clients, this is a marathon, not a sprint. There are marketing companies out there you could work with that are going to do the crazy discount deals and provide you hundreds of leads. And maybe you close 10% of those. That's just not our model. Our model is we're going to take the long-term approach. We're going to build relationships in the community through our ads, through our marketing, through this content and attract your ideal patients. So website, custom photos, custom videos requirement. And then in addition to that, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, and SEO is our core uh, strategy as from the marketing side of things. And then of course that includes, you know, call tracking, form tracking, and, and all the things that goes along with that. Love it. I, I think what you said there is a really powerful point. The idea that, you know, a single line of service is a single point of failure versus having a, a, a complete package where you're saying we're going to do the things we know you need to generate the patient flow, to generate the results. Um, and it sounds like that's had a big impact in your your retention and kind of what you can charge. Um, I love that you're doing the like mandatory videos and media. That way you can build the personality and authenticity. Um, do you charge a lot extra for that or is it included? Um, and how do you pull that off? Because that's not easy. You got practices all over the country and international potentially. How do you, how do, you do that media day? Yeah, so uh, I'm very fortunate that um, I met a guy here locally a couple of years ago um, who is a freelance uh, photographer, videographer, younger guy, like 24 years old. So, you know, doesn't, you know, isn't married, doesn't have kids and all that right now. So he, he's like, I just want to get work, travel the world and, you know, just kind of, you know, live, live my life that way while I'm young. And so we've been very fortunate that he does all of our content shoots for us. He's literally on the road for us at least two to three days every single week in a different state. Um, sometimes he's flying from one state to the other state to another state before he comes back home. So we're really fortunate there. But the other thing, Josh, and this was a, a quite frankly, a, a hard lesson for us to learn is we had to learn what our cap was with this type of business model. Mm -hmm. And that was something we recently went through and, and kind of struggled with. But we realized that at this point, really, we should only onboard three clients per month, new clients per month with this model, mm -hmm. just because we went over that and, and none of us were having fun with it, including as I was afraid I was burning him out too. So, you know, we have uh, three clients that we onboard per month. So then that way we make sure we can get this all scheduled as far as how we price it. So we charge a, you know, a flat monthly recurring management fee. Um, and then on the, on the setup side of it, we charge a, a one-time fee for the website development and the photo uh, video content shoot. And that, depending on the complexity and where the office is, ranges between eight and $10,000 is kind of what that, that range is. And so uh, what we do is offer the, the client the opportunity of, I mean, you can pay it all up front, you can pay it 50% before the shoot and the website's done and 50% after the website's done and the content shoots there. Um, or this is the most common one, we break that up into either six month or 12 month payments and just add it onto the monthly recurring revenue cycle. So that's been the most popular. So what that allows us to do is again, 
invest with that client for the long term so that they're not churning. And, and we've been fortunate to maintain, you know, I, I think every month, but two of this year, we've had a 98 percent you know, monthly retention rate. Um, so one to stay above that 97% like you preach. And I think that's been a big part of it. Love it. I, I love the idea of the media day. I know it's a big investment of energy, even though you're not personally going, uh, but it makes you so much stickier for the client. It also is obviously going to have a ripple effect of the effectiveness of the marketing, really, which is what this is about, right? If you can make their website you know, more personality, more engaging, and they convert more visitors to patients, they win, you win, it's a win-win all around. It sounds like it's improving your stick rate, it's improving your retention. Let's talk a little bit about retention. 98% in dentistry is phenomenal. I mean, 98% monthly retention average is great across the board. What are some of the things you're doing in your agency to, to hit those types of levels of retention? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to give a huge shout out to my team here. I mean, I, you know, this, my retention rate before I started really hiring team and investing in team was not good. I will say that because again, typical entrepreneur, you know, quick start, low follow through, and uh, it just wasn't good. But when we started investing in um, our team, we, you know, hired an integrator, uh, marketing manager, um, who the marketing managers actually become the integrator and the integrator stepped into really kind of like a click up, you know, guru in our, in our business, which deserves its whole position in itself. And then investing in our account management team and our fulfillment team, what that's allowed us to do is be extra communicative to our, um, clients. And so one of the things that I preach to the team, you know, and when we hire on a new account manager, or we're training is. I will never get upset if a client comes to us and complains that you're over communicating with them and you're annoying them. Like I said, I will give you a virtual high five, like great job. The only time we're going to you know, get upset is if the client's like, I haven't heard from this person in weeks or whatever. So we try to really over communicate. That's a really big part of what we're doing um, now and just giving clients these simple little updates, even if it's the smallest thing, you know, once a week. I think I got that from somebody at one of the ninja hacks uh, last year at Seven um, Figure Agency, and that's been transformational. So to all of you who maybe are struggling with retention or feel like your retention could be better, try it. Try sending, you know, an email, Loom video, mix it up once a week to your clients and, and get an idea there. The other thing that I've really started to do, and I learned this from a, a Jocko Willink book that I've been reading, Le Leadership Strategy and Tactics, but I took it to the client side, is really get clear on what the client's expectations are. Mm. So certainly we set our expectations up front, but I also want to know, what are you looking for from us? Like, what's going to make our service worthwhile to you and feel like you're getting you know the best investment? And I think pretty much every person I've asked that to have said, I just want to know what's going on. I want to stay in the loop. You know, can you send me frequent emails? Can we have those monthly meetings? But can I also get an update throughout the month? And so our team has really embraced that. And I think that that's been a huge part of, of why we've had such a great retention rate. And, you know, now we're bringing on a couple additional account managers. We lost a couple over the last few months um, and we're bringing on a couple of new ones through Brad Ferris and um, who are great candidates. And so I'm excited to continue to, to implement that with some of our new team members. Love it. So it's, it sounds like, you know, a lot of things go into this level of retention, but it sounds like starting with the source of the, of the lead, right? They didn't find you cold. They were referred by a consultant that they trust. Um, going deep on the launch, building the website, doing the media day, really putting down deep roots with the client, um, and then 
having a great client communication process where they're clear on expectations. They, you've got an outcome, they've got an outcome. You're on the same page, you're rowing in the same direction. And then over communication, just like really letting them know what's going on, touching them with weekly touches um, is kind of the secret sauce for you in this dental space and the way you've structured the business. Yeah, hundred percent. And I would say, you know, just to add to that too, is little touch points. Like, you know, we, we try to remember when people's birthdays are and we send them an edible arrangements, you know, for their birthday and, and the gifting strategy, you know, we're still working on our, our gift boxes and refining that, but just little things like that, that people don't think of hand, write them a letter. I handwrite every single client. We have a handwritten letter for on behalf of the entire team and mail that to them at the holiday season. My hand's killing me by the time I've written all these letters, but it's nobody gets a handwritten letter anymore. So especially in a digital world and digital marketing agency owners. So little touch points like that um, have a huge impact. So I highly recommend a book, um, the oh shoot, Unreasonable Hospitality. That's when I read that book and, and really picked mm. up on some of those. Love it. Well, I know we've only got a couple minutes left, so I want to talk a little bit about scale. So you've built this team, you've got, you know, 90,000 a month recurring. I know that's just going to continue to grow. How did you scale the team? How did you set up your operation in order to not just get the clients, but to deliver world-class results? Yeah. Two hires, um, that, that we made that I, I still, to this day, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I did to deserve this, God, but thank you for putting these two people in my life. Um, we hired our now uh, integrator and we hired our now, um, like I said, ClickUp um, specialist. And what they've done is been able to offset what my weaknesses are because I was terrible at organization, scaling, systems. I, I'm just not good at it. I've tried. It's just not how my brain functions. So what I did was I hired people that were essentially the opposite of me, you know, to offset my weaknesses. And so the Colby assessment was a big part of that. Um, once, you know, we got to the second interview and, and saw the, the high follow through. And so what they've done, Josh, has allowed me to kind of just focus on sales, getting out of account management, you know, building kind of what the vision is for the company. And they've said, we got the, the processes, we've got the systems under control. They've built our fulfillment team. They've built the departments. They hold the uh, the SEO meetings, the Facebook ads meetings with the team. Like I'm not in those meetings anymore, which just is such a, a crazy thing. I didn't think would be a realistic you know thing to do like three years ago. And so my biggest suggestion is, is, is hire a team that offset what your weaknesses are. And for those who are wondering you know, how I found these two candidates, one of them I found um, through a LinkedIn um, job posting back in uh, 2021, I think the end of 2021. She's our, my ClickUp specialist. And then um, the marketing or the integrator I found through uh, onlinejobs.ph. Uh, and she had extensive history in marketing agencies, in leadership roles. And, um, and yeah, it's, that's you know, been everything. So I could, we wouldn't be here with, without, without those two. And then the team that they've built. So good, man. So it sounds like remove yourself from operations, then remove yourself from account management and really put a leadership team in place with EOS where they can take care of the operations and the systems and you can kind of oversee and do what you do best. Um, Shane, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for all of the great insights, all the takeaways. Congratulations on growing to seven figures. I have no doubt multiple seven figures is on the horizon. Amazing work retaining at 98% monthly. Thanks for being on here. Thanks for sharing. Guys, be sure to look uh, Shane up. 
Um, any, you know, anywhere, anywhere's that they should reach out to you, Shane, if they want to connect. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody, you know, in, in the digital marketing um, group or the seven figure agency group, you know, feel free to look me up there, send me a, a direct message. If you have questions, that's how I learned. I reached out to people like, you know, Tony Ricketts and, you know, uh, Chris Rodriguez and people like this because I was interested, right? Like, how did you do this? So I'm happy to, to try to, to pay that forward as well. So reach out to me on Facebook. If you have any questions, any way that I help uh, can help, I, I would love to, to try and do so. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on here, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more ideas and strategies want to grow your agency, be sure to subscribe to this channel. Uh, be sure to go to sevenfigureagency.com and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, we will wrap it up there today. Thanks, everybody.